so today I wanted to talk about, um, well, I guess it's the main reason why I, I started Huss, um, to be honest, um, and that is to address the sexist culture or sexist aspects of culture that is in sports. Um, now, to give you a bit of a background on this, I obviously come from a sport that is seen to be heavily female, um, and that was a bit of a strange dynamic actually because when I think about it yes the overarching label of the sport was to be highly feminine or whatever we perceive to be feminine um but yet the treatment of girls within the sport was not better than that of their male counterparts it wasn't this sort of reverse or at least historical reverse sexism where we were actually treated better we were actually kind of um monitored way more closely and harshly than our male counterparts um but i seen as though we did our last lecture in social psychology on culture uh, it illustrated to me a lot of ways in which culture can be quite maladaptive or like extremely maladaptive and can actually hinder the progress of certain individuals within that population if the culture obviously is quite concurrent and agreed and stable so just to give a few examples of sexism sport, I will talk about Serena Williams. Uh, I will talk about my experiences in weightlifting, as I know other weightlifters have had similar experiences. And probably the biggest one will be um, Casta Semenya, just because I believe it is the most appropriate choice to better illustrate what I mean when I talk about sexist um, symptomatology within a culture of sport so culture is a living thing obviously not literally I appreciate that but it is a living thing and it changes and it adapts with the people in which it embodies and as part of this culture can be great it can be rich and valuable and positive and it can bring about social change, and it can educate people, but also with culture there is a downside to it, in that it can become maladaptive, and like I say, put barricades in people's way, in that they can't progress, because they have been labelled as being a certain type of person, and then we form beliefs as a result, and emotions towards those people. So within sport, it is a very good opportunity to be able to see where we're at in terms of sexist views. Um, Obviously, sport is and has historically predominantly been in the interest of men. Um, And whilst most or whilst what we're taught to believe is that was very much left in, you know, the original Olympic Games in which only men were allowed to enter and Um, all these kind of um, de jure legislation in terms of letting women play sports or do sports has been pretty much annihilated in our country at least. In reality, it seems that we keep running into these same problems because the sentiments of these sexist agendas are still very much present. So I guess this podcast is just going to be about trying to illustrate to you and trying to show you how this has happened and how we've gotten to this point of still being in a heavily sexist um, culture within sport. 
So when I talk about sexist symptomatology, I want to obviously describe to you how, what, what the hell I mean by that for a start. So like I say, culture is a living thing, right? And living things get infected. Maybe a bit too realistic with the current climate and coronavirus, but we do, okay? We get infected. Um, and viruses obviously replicate DNA or replicate their DNA and put it in the place of your DNA. Now, if we picture this replication of this viral DNA as sexist sentiments, and the reason for the virus getting to you is the way we've been taught, this sort of institutionalised misogyny um, in one way or another may not be very direct anymore, as in we don't pretty much say, you know, women are a bit crappy, men are not. Um, it's very much cloaked in other sorts of ways um, and other means. Um, so this virus that we're seeing of sexism in the way it's taught and the way we subconsciously see women ultimately leads to symptoms in the same way a virus would lead to symptoms. So these symptoms a lot of the time are very subjective in their nature and heavily implicit. They're very, they're integrated in the way we think. Therefore, we don't spot them. It's like trying to find a where's Wally. You may be very good at it, congratulations. But for the vast majority, people aren't very good at simply questioning their beliefs because, well, first of all, you don't want to. It, it provides a source of uncomfortability to question your own beliefs and your own established beliefs. And second of all, it's a lot of effort to do that. And if it's working for you, you're probably not going to do that. So one way in which I can show you this is the way in which we look at female athletes and we commentate on events or sporting events, or matches, um, or performances by them. So Serena Williams I've used as my first um, kind of like um, example, because Serena Williams has been absolutely hounded in the media for the way she looks, her body type, her performance, her mannerisms, every little bit you can think of, she has been analysed and criticised and published in magazines, blogs, videos, comments, etc, etc. So I'm going to explain to you why this is a problem. So when we look at a male athlete or a male counterpart, take Federer for example, Federer's performance is very much judged on what he does. And that's great. I'm not saying there's anything bad with that. That's what it should be, okay? But the reason... Serena Williams faces so much criticism is A, because she's not a man and by allowing a woman to play tennis as well as she does, we're therefore challenging these beliefs, even if they are very subconscious beliefs, that women are not allowed to play tennis or they're not allowed to play as well as men. So Serena Williams being as bloody brilliant as she is at tennis is already uncomfortable for that of somebody who has sexist sentiments then when you look at the way uh, she's reported uh, it's very much like 
she is, well, she's overweight or she's too much, like women can't keep up with her. Um, she's a threat, ultimately, is how she's seen. And you have to question why is she a threat? Who is she threatening? Because to me, she's just playing tennis. She's just a very, very talented tennis player. But why then do we have these discrepancies in the way that our male and our female athletes are reported about? Because a woman can't be that good. Ultimately, she cannot be that good. And if she is that good, we are now challenging those beliefs. That's uncomfortable. That doesn't sell things. That's not what we have been brought up to believe. Secondly, if you look at my sport in weightlifting, a male athlete on it, it within the sport can pretty much post a video of a pretty big lift, um, full send, and, you know, it receives loads of comments. Great, that's great. Um, it was really good, or like, congratulations, like, well done, you PB'd, etc, etc. But you don't often see a lot of comments regarding the way he looked whilst he was doing that, unless it is a technical point. Now, on the women's side, you only see comments surrounding technical um, abilities, let's say. And these are so heavily outnumbered within the men's side of things. And there is comments on the way she looks and what she's wearing and how she's doing that lift and maybe she should be careful because she doesn't want to add too much muscle otherwise she look like a man. Why some men are so obsessed with the, us looking similar to them, I don't know. We, I, do, I just don't know. Um, but you can, again, see this discrepancy between a woman lifting a fairly good weight and a man lifting a fairly good weight. And the problem with the women, with the woman lifting a fairly good weight is that we are ultimately beating this very primitive idea that we are there to look nice and not do a lot. When we start doing a lot, it threatens people. Again, we're seen as a threat. It's a threat on our personal beliefs and it's a threat on our, well, kind of um, orientation within what we believe should and shouldn't happen in sport. And again, I say it's unique to sport. Unfortunately, it's not unique to sport. It's unique to, well, it's not unique to anything. It's very much generalised across a population and across a, a many disciplines and sectors. Um, take, for example, you know, you have a woman really achieving um, things in a business sense. What is the sentiment in the room if she's the only woman in the room with a load of elderly men? To me, it's, my God, she's done very, very well to get there. But to a lot of men and a general sentiment, it is that she's probably sleeping with a lot of the people in the room to get there. Again, we're not supposed to do anything that threatens people because we're just there to look nice. We have not been considered part of the competition until recently. And then for my third point, we look at the case of Casta Semenya. And Casta was um, a middle distance runner who was rapid, absolutely quick fire. So, so quick. Um... And she, it basically got to a point within the media where they demanded that an invasive procedure she's had done to reveal her testosterone levels to the public um, 
was paramount and she must do it and it was very 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 i remember it happening it was very a pressured situation and that she must kind of justify herself as to why she was so fast which well i'm i'm not even gonna go down that that path that i was about to open my mouth because i it makes me so angry because if we look at the case of say another superhuman so to speak people that were seen to be made for sports um and there was kind of like no other alternative than for them to be a champion take the example of michael phelps michael phelps had plenty of biological adaptations that would allow him to be at a pretty high advantage compared to his competitors instead of us asking michael phelps to publish his records and publish his uh, levels of lactic acid that he produced, which he did not, and the flexibility in his joints, which allowed him to swim so fast, um, he was heralded as an absolute champion, a champion that was made for, for the sport, a superhuman that was made to be a champion. You can see a very large difference in the way these two athletes were treated. Because for a man to be made so perfectly for a sport is a good thing, but a woman to do things that are above the threshold of what a woman is supposed to be able to do is considered a threat. Casa Semenya was ultimately banned from her sport, from competing. Michael Phelps is the most decorated Olympic champion. So, in terms of sexist symptomatology, you can see it clear as day that whilst when a, when a man achieves something, it's seen as great, you know, you broke a world record, amazing, the sport is moving forward, great men are doing great things. When a woman breaks the barriers, it's threatening. Women are not able to do this when you whittle it down to its very simplest and purest form, it's that women are doing things they should not be able to do. And that is scary. Now, obviously, we've come a long way in terms of equality. Um, and we have a lot of legislation in place to make certain things totally illegal. Um, and therefore, consequence of those things will probably stop you from doing it again. Um, the only issue is is that law doesn't necessarily mean reality coincides or is aligned. Law just means if you're caught, we can prosecute you with sufficient evidence. In reality, a lot of these social agents within the population can very much validate the sexist actions of others. So in the most recent lecture we did, we had um, this sort of hierarchical um diagram of how culture is maintained and comes about and it's sheehan's 1985 kind of model and there's a i don't want to say tier system that's a bit too close to home right now <laughs> um but there's um three levels and at the top think of it like an iceberg what you can see on top uh, at the top there's these artifacts and often these are things like especially in a sports setting it will be things like keep going you know like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, all these, like, we love a little cheesy line, um, all these posters, you know, these very, they're, they're 
very present and physical things we can see. From there, we then go down a level in the iceberg and we see values. And these values are things that are agreed upon throughout the population within the culture. So, for example, if you are an elite sports person, it is very much agreed upon that you will work very hard because hard work speaks talent when talent doesn't work hard. And perhaps within that, obviously, this is highly reductionistic. There are obviously many other things that mean make elite athletes work hard, but you get the gist of what I'm trying to say. So there's this general consensus that you will work hard and that is what is expected of you from your coaches as a result of being an elite athlete. And then beneath that, once again, there are the assumptions. Now, the assumptions are pretty subconscious. I don't know why I said pretty subconscious. They are subconscious. And they are things that we take from the second level values and the first level, the artifacts. So the issue is with this is that because they're so subconscious, we don't necessarily draw them into the conscious to be able to address them. Even if we did chances are that if you actually want to address them, it takes a lot of effort to do that within your own mental capacity. And the likelihood is that you're probably not going to change it unless there is an incentive to do so. So these assumptions are also brought about through schooling and education. And therefore it is completely impossible for us to remove ourselves from these underlying subconscious thoughts. What we can do is see the symptoms of these, which may be potentially sexist things that you've said, potentially sexist behaviours, and treat those in order to question the underlying assumptions. So in terms of this sort of sexist narrative in sports, we should identify that women doing an amazing job in sport and beating records and being talented is not a threat. I hate to break the news to you, but it's not a threat. Um, There was a great quote I saw the other day, and it was, um, system to privilege, equality feels like oppression. And I think this is the perfect way to describe how we are still in this position of women being subordinate to men in their achievements in sport. Because we have constantly and consistently throughout history awarded men praise for doing things well and kept women in their little box um, and therefore not allowing them to do sport or in the case of women's football, they, they had a hundred year ban uh, from playing football. When Now that we are rightfully so getting into an environment where we actually allow women to flourish in sport and show their talent and show their ability and allow them to work hard on themselves this now feels oppressive which is incorrect it is not oppressive we are not trying to cut out what men have to allow space for what women have we are simply trying to bring the levels at the same so it's quite funny to me at least when um when there's some backlash to this, because the people who who feel, men that feel like they're losing out, they're not losing anything. They're actually not losing anything. Nothing is happening to them. It is the women's side of sport that we're trying to improve, that we're trying to encourage girls to get into. 
Um, again, with this age-old kind of like argument that, you know, especially in, in terms of football, if I bring it back to that, women shouldn't be paid as much as men uh, for doing the same, for doing the sport because they're not a greater ability. When actually that in itself is quite an ironic argument to have because men denied women the right to play football and are now therefore criticising them for not being at the same level. If you ask any athlete, regardless of gender, to say you have two athletes and you ask one of them to practice for 100 hours and one of them to practice for 10 hours, and then you ask them to perform the skill and ask who performed it better, I don't think you really need to be a psychologist to work that out, if I'm honest. The 100 hour person is most likely going to perform the skill better. So in the same way historically that we have denied women the right to take part in sport because of these sexist ideas and agendas and incentives, it is now not a case of women are unable to be as good as men. We just haven't had the same time to practice, to be on the same level. Therefore, rationally and logically, the thought would be to put more money into female academies and female sports teams in order to bring that level up and perhaps even act as a catalyst to bring that level up seen as though we've missed out for so long but again it comes back to this idea that it's a threat that women are still doing things that are out of their box so to speak especially in the case of Casa Semenya no woman could ever run that quickly she must be a man well no actually she's not She's just a very, very fast runner. And equally, the culture that surrounds a sport can allow it to be maintained. So if you find yourself in a sport that is less than appreciative or or the players of that sport are less than appreciative of this movement, then maybe you should take a step back and question whether you really want to be aligned with those sorts of things. Because the players within those sports have the ability to change the direction in which that sport will progress in terms of what's morally right and what is morally wrong. And in the same breath, if you have to ask a female why something is wrong, then honey, we're not the problem. By being equal, we're just showing that each other to each other that we can be compassionate human beings and that we respect one another. And thankfully, going forward, this seems to be the way in which it's happening. However, it can't be denied that even though, I, I mean, for example, I study at the best sports uni in the world, I still encounter this on a day-to-day basis. And if it's not happening at the pinhead of what we believe sport is then it is certainly happening at the different levels of sport so going forward we need to learn to address these subconscious thoughts and maybe you can take a reflection of your behavior and the things certain things you've said in a certain way you feel about or the way you felt when you said those things if it's anger question yourself why If it's sadness, question yourself why. If you're not really knowing why you're saying it, question why. Chances are you have been part of this institutionalised misogyny in some way or another and are therefore reflecting it within the context of sport. Because if the people change, 
the culture has to change. You can't separate people from their culture. Just like the age-old argument in psychology, nature or nurture. Like most things, it's a combination of both. But you cannot remove people from their cultural background because in one way or another, it may have, it will have had effects. Some will be more obvious than others, some will be less obvious, but it's really important that we don't become closed-minded and kind of um, deny any sort of change or personal growth within ourselves because as soon as we start to do that, there's no hope, it will not change. If we stay open-minded, even if we, we feel the need to question, question, that's great, like question, let, let us kind of work together to come to this conclusion but do not just sit idly by and let this happen whilst there is a massive oppression of female athletes everywhere because the undermining of their performance is the undermining of their careers of their life's work and I don't know about you but that's not something I would appreciate taking especially when it is so heavily implicated in the media and it's so easy nowadays to just pick up your phone and read a headline a woman's attractiveness should not matter when she's doing a sport judge her ability not her appearance in the words of stephen fry it's better to be sexy and racy than sexist and racist